After further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. We're back here on 88.3 WGTs. After further review, we got David, the man of God, Harris, here on the phone lines. And David, you took a couple of days off, or a couple of weeks off. Now you're back at it, uh, fully charged. What's going on, man? Right, you know, the church life never stops. The fourth quarter, got it. You live in that church life. If anyone knows that about David, he actually has his own congregation, don't you? You have your own followers, your own sheep. Yep. Up here in Syracuse, not a whole lot of sports going on, but... You have the you have the flock and your herd. I did hear though that some Syracuse fans are up there, the the orange, they're a little upset because they think this is probably one of the worst basketball teams they've had in at least thirty years. Yeah, basketball's not looking good. Kind of a lot of young freshmen, but that that happens at early of the season when you're in non conference play because you don't have a whole lot of veteran experience. It's that growing pain, and a lot of people really aren't. I guess comfortable with the growing pains just because they're so used to Syracuse being at least, if not middle-tier ACC, kind of competing for the top with the likes of the Dukes, the Carolinas, now Virginia. But, yeah, it's, it's been tough. And then on top of that, Syracuse football kind of being doo-doo. But, yeah, it's, it's rough. Former BGSU coach uh, Dino Babers is there. But – Getting down, Army Navy game is on the slate today. They're saying a lot of people love that game. They just think it's pure tradition and great football. But guess what? We got to get into. We got to get into this college and pro football winners and losers. David, go ahead. Since we had a couple weeks off, we're going to do a little different. This is season wrap up, and so kind of looking over right. the year of college football that's been. And then mix a little bit with current NFL winners right. and losers. So we're going to start with the winners overall college football, and you got to start with LSU. I mean, we kind of think about every year. Oh, LSU can compete in the SEC. Guy gets through Alabama, and they're kind of always just hovering around there, like the third or fourth team. But this year, they finally supposed to leave. A lot of people are saying it's because of Joe Burrow. I think it's more of the defense really stepping up and helping Joe Burrow with that offense. But, yeah, it's LSU is the team to beat. And I know a lot of people in Columbus don't want to hear that, but LSU has been top to bottom the best team in the country since week one. Continue on with the winners. I guess we'll put Ohio State up there number two when you only play two and a half tough games all season. It's basically you're just you're beating who's in front of you, and Ohio State does that every single year. They struggled against Penn State. 
regardless of how people in Columbus feel, the refs helped them out in Indianapolis as usual. But they did what they had to do. They got Justin Shields in from Georgia. I mean, offense kind of looked prolific. Well, it'll be interesting to see next year how this team looks, whether it's going to be another reload kind of year or if there will be another rebuild, knowing that Brian Day has another year kind of just implementing his own system into the situation. But we'll, we'll see. Another big winner for me this year. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of give the Big Twelve like a slight, but I would rather say Baylor is the bigger, biggest winner for me out of the Big Twelve than the Oklahoma, because with Oklahoma we've seen over the past three se- or two seasons, and then this year, like they're good. They can just throw in a random quarterback off the street and like, hey, you can throw for. 3,000 yards and 35-40 touchdowns. Like, it's not that hard. But I think for me, no one expected Baylor to be that second team in the Big 12. A lot of people were thinking Texas, and we'll get to them later. A lot of people were thinking maybe Oklahoma State has a dark shot. But Baylor was not on anyone's radar. And there was a good chunk of time to where had they not lost, they would have been not just an undefeated team. Like, they would have been trying to say, hey, hey, we're the third or fourth best team, not just, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth. And so I think what's happening with Baylor is a crazy job. I don't know if it's just one of those kind of flip years to where Baylor always has that kind of every. Four or five years, they just have this magical class where they just beat everybody and then they kind of come back to earth a little bit with the seven or eight win season. But I got to say, I'm impressed with what Baylor did this year. And I know a lot of people aren't going to be too impressed because they're like, oh, it's the Big 12, you're scoring 40, 50 points a game. But Baylor did a good job. And you have to give credit where credit's still. And switching over to the NFL in terms of winners and losers, we have to start, of course, with Baltimore. Lamar, I mean, what do you, what else should we say about Lamar Jackson? If if we check the tapes and go back, there were about four or five teams that I said Lamar Jackson should have gone to. Personally, I still think that Lamar Jackson would have been perfect in New England, but. Him going to Baltimore, everyone last year saying, oh, Lamar Jackson, he's going to be middle of the road, and then this. Like, no one saw this coming. And it's, I mean, all you can say is he's the MVP. And if you vote for anyone else against the MVP, like, you should have your MVP privileges or vote. Like, it's just that simple. Another one for me, and Derek, I hate to say it, it's just Chicago Bears. I mean, I let the reins loose for Mitchell Trubisky. He's out here. I mean, no, he's he's, he, he, he's doing Greg. he's doing well. I mean, I, I give credit where credit is due. They they've won, I believe, four in a row, and they're and, they're, and he's been playing more consistently. 
um, still don't think he's a franchise guy. What I've said about Trubisky is if you think he's going to be like on a Rodgers or Breeze scale, no, he's not. He's never going to be on that scale. He, he, he's not on that level talent-wise. Can he win you a division title? Yes. Maybe could he get, can he get you to the playoffs? Yeah. But he's going to have to have other things, too, as far as maybe, a, one, a, a great defense, and two, he's going to have to have a really good, solid running game. He's not going to be a guy where you, at the end of the game, you say, you know what, put the ball in his hands, and he's going to make something happen. That's just not going to happen. He's going to have to have a lot of things, pieces around him to, to, to succeed. So he's better than a game-managing quarterback. He's just not on that elite level. He's at like a two, basically. Better than the backup, better than a guy that's just, you know, filling in. But like I said, he's not on that elite level of like a Breeze and a Rodgers. Yeah, it could be a situation to where like even that Super Bowl team with the, with the Bears that played the Colts. I mean, if you can have a solid defense, all we need you to be is like a Rex Grossman, Jay Cutler. He's but he's not as good as Jay Cutler, though. Jay Cutler had nothing. Every, everyone tries to blame everything on Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler had a lot of ineptitudes in that one-on-one organization. For, for a while, he didn't have a line. Then he had a coach that wasn't really offensive-minded. I mean, let's face it, the prime of Jay Cutler's career was really wasted in Chicago. One Early on, didn't have a line, so he was getting beat up. You don't have a line, you can't do much of anything. And then, you know, the running game was, eh, okay. And then towards the end of his prime or toward the end of his time in Chicago, the defense was just inept, and they brought in Tressman to do offense. I mean, it just the, – the, the timing was bad. I just think that Trubisky is just a little bit below Jay Cutler. That's all. But if he has some of the pieces, he can play pretty good. But then again, when you play the elite teams with the elite quarterbacks – He's not a guy that I could, I would trust to have in a two minute drive to try to get us either to, you know, punch a team out or come from behind and win a game. I just don't think he's that guy. Yeah, I mean, I can I can see that. I just think that over the past four weeks, like he's shown a little, little that he's got something there, and I don't know if that's if Nagy's letting him loose a little bit and see him the season, and so it's just kind of taking the handcuffs off. If he can just throw like a little magical razzle dazzle here or there, I mean, we know the playoffs. Anything can happen. I mean, we got Josh Allen in the AFC East getting ready to be in the playoffs. So I mean, well, yeah, I, I mean, I think, like I said, it's it, but it's once in a while. That, I mean, that, that stuff happens. I mean, Josh Allen's having a great year, but are you going to do it consistently? That's another guy. Right now, the the Bills, I, b- I believe, have a decent running game and they have a good defense, and I think they're also pretty good at special teams. You know, they, they got a great team, and they've been winning. And, and also, the AFC East is a little down, too. It's not one of the best divisions. I mean, even the Patriots are looking like there's some chinks in the armor. So, I mean, hey, it, it is what it is. But like I said, it, it needs to be on a consistent level, though. It can't just be, you know, one-off years. And last year, the Bears won the division. Looks like they're not going to win the division. The only way they can probably get in the playoffs is if they win the division. And that don't look like that's happening. So that's a one-off year for Trubisky. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, then, and then the final one for me is everyone that watched the 49ers-Saints game, 
that was a complete shootout. I think we kind of blinked, and everyone was scoring touchdowns left and right. My only caveat is that let's not give Jimmy Garoppolo all this praise and credit because he played ben, like he played like Mitchell Trubisky. Like he's not just a league quarterback to me. Like he's okay, but it's more of the yards after catches. It's more of the skill players getting all these extra yardage, whereas he's like middle of the road. Do I trust him to win a game in the playoffs? Absolutely not. It's more the defense. But at least for a week, we got to see him as Drew Brees, see who was going to have the last possession of the game. Happened to be the 49ers, and we saw what happened. All right. Keep going. Switching over to the losers, let's start with the biggest losers from college football. And we have to start in Florida State. Just that, that whole situation was just ugly from the start. We talked about it throughout the season with Willie Taggart and them firing him middle of the season. And now they're bringing in kind of, I don't want to say an outsider in Norvell from Memphis, but is, is he going to have a similar lease to Willie Taggart? Is he going to have ability to have a full recruiting class, like that he sees through. It's a lot of just turnover in Tallahassee, and I don't know if this is going to affect or how much this is going to affect recruiting, knowing that Miami's kind of trying to be in the rise. We know Florida's always there, but then you have the likes of Central Florida, UCF, FIU, and FAU. Like, how do you, the recruits are going to be like, well, not only that, right, not only that, too, you got the SEC, and, I mean, the recruiting game has totally changed now, especially with social media and these TV contracts where a lot of the Florida kids, think about how many Florida kids are at Toledo. I mean, you're just losing, for one, you're not, you're you're really competing hard for the top recruits, the five stars and the four stars. But you can't even get the three stars. I mean, it, it, it is is it's basically you know scraps. And, and let's face it too, there's some three stars that mature into four or five stars as well. And that's the problem with Florida State is having. You know, if this was way back in the day, you could get some you know five star recruits, and then if you couldn't get them, you could develop some three stars to be like five stars and by their sophomore junior years. But you're not even you're fighting for that. I mean, it, it's really a fight. I mean, the, you know, everyone knows Florida's a gold mine for football, and everybody's in there trying to tap the resources. And and let's face it, when you're not relevant for a year or two, you lose some of that cachet, and someone comes in and steps in and takes your spot. You know, to be honest with you, a lot of these teams are trying to keep this tradition, but it's 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 a what can you do for me now? type of, of of world and environment and it's so much saturation from social media and like look at the warriors prime example in basketball i mean nobody's talking about the warriors at all but they were the hottest team for five years clay and steph get hurt kevin durant leaves and now they're getting pulled off of national television nobody's talking about the warriors you don't see a warriors jersey that's the same thing in college football but even worse if you're not relevant for a year, you're forgot about. And that's what's going on in Florida State. So good luck to those guys. Yeah, and a lot of people, a lot of these kids these days don't even remember the quote-unquote Florida State when they were at least good. Exactly. Like, they don't, yeah. 
There's people. Like, I mean, I, the, I, basically, I, Florida State was good when basically Michael Jordan was still in the league. Now they did win a national championship. Then they went with Carson, um, Jameis Winston, Jameis. right? Yeah. But once again, a one-off thing. They won it that year, and people for actually don't really remember that team. If you think about it. That was only a few years ago, but people are still talking about like Deion Sanders when he played for Florida State. It's kind of crazy. It's like I said, this is how the world is nowadays. You you can win a championship, and if you're not continually on that hill or competing, you're forgotten forgotten about. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, which leads me to another the second loser for college football, and I hate to say it, but it's Alabama. I mean, like two losses and. Like, you're thinking two losses for a team like Auburn, Texas, Michigan. Like, these are like, oh, these are pretty, well, maybe not Michigan, because they're still trying to fire a coach ball. But, like, two losses is a pretty good season. In Alabama, they're like, look, you lost to LSU and you lost the rivalry game. Like, that calls for firing for some people. And it just goes to show you, like, the standard in Alabama is, Literally, we win national championship, or you're out of here. Yeah, I mean, they, they think about it. The boosters, and I tell people this all the time. <laughs> people think that the head coach runs stuff. No, it's the boosters. If, if they pull up their money and tell the university, "Hey, we need this guy gone. You're going to be gone as tomorrow." And then you saw that what happened with Willie Taggart. You know, people out there, especially these older boosters, they want it to be where where it used to be. And Taggart wasn't doing it. He probably was trying to slowly rebuild things. But like I said, we live in a microwave age and he wasn't getting it done. So they said, we'll pull our money and get someone else in here. And like I talked to Frank earlier, some of these fans out here, when you think about firing a coach, who do you have on deck? That's who you got to think. You got to think about who's next. Who's going to be better than this guy? How quickly can he turn this around? How quickly can he get the buy-in value? What kind of cachet is he bringing to the school? Does he have the recruiting tie? I mean, it's everything. You know, guys like Urban Meyer are going to cost a pretty penny to come in there, but is Urban Meyer actually going to go to Florida State? I mean, there's, think about it, David. There's only a small percentage of coaches in fo- college football that can come in and probably have quick results and get the team back and winning. I mean, think about it. Saban, Urban Meyer. You know, any other you can think of, all these other coaches, you're going to have to give them at least a little bit. Maybe Chris Peterson from Washington, maybe. But um, let's face it. I mean, people are talking about Matt Campbell, but I, I I don't know about Matt Campbell. He's still getting eight and four records over at Iowa State. So, like I said, you know, you got to bring that cachet if you want to bring in the top recruits. Yeah, and, and thinking about Alabama, they're looking for someone – Similar to kind of how Michigan does, or even Ohio State does, or Florida State, like they're trying to find one of their guys. They're trying to find like kind of someone from in within. But if they try, if they get rid of Nick Saban, which people in Alabama are literally talking about, if they don't beat Auburn next year, like who's going to come in with similar cachet resume to Nick Saban? Like, there's not many. Uh, exactly. Unless you're going to pay that buyout. Exactly. So you get get what you pay for. I mean, but then again, though, that's fan is short for a fanatic, and a lot of people are delusional out there. So you get what you get. Keep going. All right. Another loser for me. We have to talk about Michigan, of course. 
and this is strictly because the, the fanatics think that John Harbaugh, once again, be, not being able to be in Ohio State means that he should be fired. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and we'll see how Michigan stands up because I think it's perfect that it's Michigan versus Alabama in the bowl game, which everyone in Alabama didn't want and everyone in Michigan didn't want to see as a reality. But I think Michigan is where they are. Mm-hmm. Like Until they beat Ohio State, they're going to be that third or fourth team in the Big Ten, and Michigan fans just have to accept that. Now, do they have to accept losing to Ohio State every year? No. But Harbaugh can only get you so far, and we saw this year. They still don't have a quarterback. Like, I love Shea Patterson as a human being. I hope he does well in life. But good Lord, man, the quarterback position is not for you. And so I I think Michigan has to go back to the drawing board yet again. And I know Michigan fans hate to hear that. But that, that's the reality. Maybe you need to go in the transfer portal, get a big-time quarterback kind of from the SEC. Well, they did. Like whose name was Shea, supposed to be Shea Patterson. I mean, you can't blame everything on Shea Patterson. I mean, some of the receivers be dropping the ball. Um, I, I think the Ohio State game, <laughs> it's it's hard to say because they're in a different stratosphere. I mean, let's face it. Once again, they're on levels. You know, if it was pro football comparison, you know, Ohio State is the Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, while Michigan is the Mitch Trubisky's. I mean, let's just be honest. You're going to get your nine, possibly ten wins a season, which is not bad, not bad for a college football team. But you're just not going to win the big game. And and that's what the Michigan fans want. want. I think Jim Harbaugh's bought, brought the, the program to relevance. If you remember a couple years ago, and I think we've stated this before on past winners and losers, you know, they were a, a call away down in the shoe of possibly – winning it and possibly getting to the playoff. So at least he's got them competitive. Uh, I think they might have over-evaluated Shea Patterson and thought he was a little bit better than what he really was. Uh, like I said, not a bad quarterback, you know, you know, sufficient, but not anywhere like a Joe Burrow or something like that, you know, or, or a Justin Fields where those, like you say, the one in the, the transfer protocol, protocol or transfer portal sorry they go in there and get those quarterbacks and then you end up with Shea Patterson (laughs) I mean it it does it does look bad but you know what does Michigan fans want they want to go back to the mediocrity where they're barely um bowl eligible or if they're going to some nobody cares flea bag bowl or at least going to a new year's six possibility maybe in the playoff talk early on until they do play some of their bigger games. I mean, I mean, what, what if fans want? Yeah, I think fans, I think fans would be a whole lot better if they just beat Ohio State because I think a lot of this anxiousness and angst would just be alleviated. Right, and you, you're right. I mean, let's then face it. Here, our own rivalry here in our own backyard, Bowling Green, had a horrid season. But I'm pretty sure those fans are totally happy because they knocked off Toledo, which, in a sense, I think that really screwed up the season for us. But, yeah, it's, it's what it is. Yeah, and speaking of which, they're my final college football loser. Like, since that BG game, like, we just hit the tank. Like, it seemed as though 
we hit a wall. We defensively we gave up. Offensively, we kind of had some moments of glimpses and flashes, but it, it was just bad. I I don't know how we turn around, kind of trying to get our energy back and motivation back heading into next season. But that last month is a was a reality check in the face. And I think for especially a lot of those seniors who had been through the struggle, who had kind of heard the stories, who had been up and down within the conference, like that's got to hurt. And then for the returning players, like you guys got to carry that with you through winter ball, through spring practice, through summer. Like you guys had to carry the fact that you ended the season like that. It wasn't as though like we were all like four close losses and we barely made you know made it out of the bowl eligible window. Like we got to fair. And that's when it lightly. Yeah. So yeah, the the Rockets are gonna have a lot lot to do. Hopefully recruiting we are we're always top tier of the Mac top tier in terms of group, group of five schools in terms of our recruiting. We'll, we'll turn it around, but this is going to leave a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths because it started out so well. And then we lost the BG, and then we just got the Monstars talent taken out of us. Well, well, the offensive coordinator is gone. The defensive coordinator is gone. We'll, we'll see what happens with Candle. But it, it was a very uh, disappointing uh, season for, for the Rockets, considering they were picked to at least get to the championship game. Now, look on the bright side. At least both teams that were picked to go to the championship didn't go, and it was actually Central Michigan and Miami. Uh, but but you're right. It, it was a very head-scratching season where they started out really well, and then everything just fell off. Um, and, you know, hopefully, they, you know, they rectify the situation and, and bounce back uh, next season. Anything else, though, David? Yeah, real quick for the NFL losers. Dallas Cowboys, they are who we thought they were. I tried to tell y'all, if if you give the ball to Zeke, he's just not going to be able to win your game. Technically, neither is Zach, but either way, I mean, the Jets are looking horrible. The Bengals, good Lord, just mailing the season. Like, you win one game, and then they're just like, ah, screw it. We're just taking number one overall pick. Yeah, there's a lot of pro football. That was just a lot of head scratching just this past weekend. Hmm. All right, nice. All right, so, uh, David, that was your, your winners and losers. When we come back, I'm trying to think what you also had. We're going to talk real briefly. Should they keep the bowl games or should we just go to an expanded playoff? Your thoughts, David, real quick, or a little tease? You can, we can expand it, but if we get too crazy, then it's going to turn out to be like college basketball. Okay. And no one wants that. Oh, that's good. To you. We'll, we'll, we'll have David explain that more here on 88.3 WGTs. As for the review, when we return, college football playoff expansion? Get rid of the play, the bowl games? Hmm. 
me and David will discuss. Make sure you always check us out on SoundCloud and on iTunes. That's where we have our podcast going up. So if you miss any segments here on the live show or the tape show that's taped to live, just go on over to After Further Review on SoundCloud and iTunes. It's got a picture of Frank Vashner in the horse's head and the old studio setup. When we return, a little bit more college football talk. <laughs> 